0: In this episode, we're going to find out why the order of events matters so much when you're buying a property.
1: Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right.
0: I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums, but that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes together we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step
1: now we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode and if you'd like more useful tools head over to the website homebuyeracademy.com.au there you'll find free checklists that so you can download a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy a workshop for only 39 dollars Priceless stuff, really. Bargain.
0: But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit the disclaimer. You, of course, know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information.
1: Today, we're talking about getting the purchasing process right. There is so much to be aware of, most of which you can't possibly know until you're in the thick of it. So we're (laughs) going to give you the rundown in this episode. But before we get to that, what is your special house this week, Megan?
0: This is a really interesting one, actually. It's it's a dome village that was built in Indonesia to house people, a whole village of people who lost their homes in the 2006 earthquake. Now, interestingly, this was done by a not-for-profit um, and they can actually withstand winds of up to 190
1: kilometres an hour. Fascinating. Wow. So, look, there's an incentive to go and tune into the video on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. It's this, like, this sort of they, they're compact, a village full of little half golf balls all sticking out of the, the ground. <laughs> yeah, um, or a very dry igloo, it's yeah, <laughs> dry, very dry, hot igloo. You know, it's so funny that we're we winds of up to 120, 190 kilometers per hour, they're, mm. oh, they're pretty daunting. That's what, what, what's a cyclone, but I've been watching the tennis, right? And you know what? A, some of those serves, <laughs> so <fast. laughs> some of those serves are up that far. Even the women, like that's a super fast woman serve. Men, men can, you know, they've got bit slightly different physiques. They can power they're over height. 200 mm. Ks an hour. A tennis ball mm. coming at you that fast. Wow. Anyway, all right. Now, what we're going to do this episode, I really, you know, we've we'll been talking about this and what's so important. Is that getting the order right when you're purchasing a property is something that neither of us knew until we got into the industry. And then we started observing things and then realizing, oh, hang on a minute, you can get everything asked about. Most buyers, I'm telling you right now, get things asked about. Including us, Veronica, including us. When we. we
0: I'm a big believer that you don't know what you don't know until someone reveals it to you. And I think for you and I, we've talked a lot about our journeys and what we didn't know when we bought our first property or two and before we went into the industry and and and
1: saw how you should and shouldn't do things. Exactly. So when we came up with the PACE system, which is basically the foundation upon which we have built the whole your first home buyer guide guide course, the pace system, and it's something that you and I thrashed about for some time before we actually mm, landed mm. on it. And this is all around the the processes that we use in our businesses, but also that's all been built from basically experience over many, many years. But to get things in the wrong order um is really common. But mm. once you sort of lay it out like we do, it just sounds like a no brainer. I mean you know, Well it makes logical sense. Because pace you don't
0: you yeah, do well, know what logic just, isn't until you know what it isn't. Well,
1: that's true, yeah, and also common sense ain't so common. But PACE stands for there's a P and an A and a C and an E, and what do they stand for, Megan? Well, it's it's the logic
0: again. It's the preparation, getting ready to be a home buyer or an investor, and then actually once you've got your preparation part right, then moving into the action phase which is where you really do the hard stuff on the ground and then and then once you've done these things you can then move into a commitment towards a purchase and the execution of the purchase and settlement of the property itself. So, it's a logical flow of phases um, that involves 10 steps um, that are sort of divided up within those phases. Now, Veronica, it sounds like a no-brainer, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Logical, yeah. but But how often do we come across people who have gotten it so completely out of whack? I know.
1: And it is honestly just so common. Like finding a property before they have (laughs) pre-approval and like, (laughs) and that
0: is not unusual. And it, and it, you know, it's like the chicken and the egg for some people. Like, do I find the property and then work out if I can afford it? Or do I work out if I can afford it and then go and what I can afford and then go and buy. But, but there is a bit of a structure that you can, very good structure you can put in place to answer that question.
1: There is. And (laughs) amazingly we help you with that but <laughs> how many you know i talk to mortgage brokers all the time i'm sure you mm. do and and the amount that tell me on a monday morning is they're actually the day that i hate the most because that's when the phone rings <laughs> with all the people that have gone to auction on saturday and bought a property and went oh my god i hope we can have af- how are we going to f- afford it how are we going to structure it who are we going to buy oh we'll be right from? <laughs> we'll be right. We did we an online get- calculator. This is easy. We can easily afford it. Now, if you listen to our last episode, you will know <laughs> the dangers of online calculators. And if you haven't listened to it, you better listen to it. <laughs> Go back to it. Episode 58.
0: There's a $320,000 lesson in that one. Oh,
1: And there's a great, a great example of getting everything in the wrong order. Here's mm. another one that, that I come across a lot, and I'm sure you do, is people who set their budget before they find out what they need to spend to get what they want. And I know that's mm-hmm. your chicken and the egg in a way. It's like, well, I need to know my budget before I can go shopping. But that's true. But you also need to know what it is you, how much you're going to need before you go shopping, So mm. <laughs> before you get your finance. So, yeah, it's getting the
0: three P mix wrong or not, not knowing which P that you need to make sure that you have right. Or that you mm. need to have all three Ps, right? Yeah. Because we're talking about position, property, price. We talk about, about the three Ps. Um, making an offer before you've found out what the offer process is is one that we we hear about. We often have people come to us after a tumultuous weekend where they've said, look, I did this and I did that and I made an offer and I told the agent I was interested or didn't tell the agent I was interested because I was holding my card so close to my chest and I've missed out and I don't understand what I did wrong. And, and in a lot of cases, it was just simply not asking the right questions about the process they were trying to under, undertake, whether that's private treaty or an auction, a public auction. Uh, and and that, that can be really disheartening in some cases if you miss out because you haven't understood the op- offer process properly, or oh. even worse, buying something but you've gone through the wrong processes and ended, I ended up either paying the wrong amount or, you know, with the wrong conditions on a contract or, you know, um, having to pay a deposit that you don't have the cash to actually stump up at the time. So understanding what the offer process is, is so vitally important. And it's not, the same state by state, certainly not the same agent by agent. They all have a different process to follow, you know, particularly in this really rapid market that we're in at the moment.
1: That's exactly it. And, you know, how many times do you hear the buyer say, I made an offer and then I just heard nothing? (laughs) (laughs) It's really common. And you think, well, that's weird, isn't it? The agents in the business of selling property, the buyer obviously wants to buy because they made an offer, but then what? And it's like they don't know what to do. And, of course, they don't know what to do because there's a bunch of steps they should have actually taken before they actually made the offer. And so they've actually stepped off the cliff into the abyss and they're floating.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and maybe what they believe is an offer may just be a verbal indication the agent has written offers or it may be that, um they've said to the agent yeah I'm interested but the agent then hasn't heard anything from them so it's just moved on with someone else who's made an offer <laughs> uh, so again you know communication with the agent understanding the offer process is is generically but also how the agent is actually going to and, uh, handle that offer process um it's a really big part of understanding how to put all the pieces together in the puzzle to make the big picture.
1: Now, if you are listening to this and you are sort of midway through your property search, or you've been looking for some time, you're going to be probably chuckling or crying one or the other, (laughs) because you're going to know, you're going to go, oh yeah, okay, I've done that. Or (laughs) now I get why I got into Pickle there. Or now I get why I haven't got anywhere. You know, um, <laughs> because it is often only after the event or during the event, but mm. after the event, if they missed out on a property, um, that the buyers often realize that there were all these steps that they either got in the wrong order or missed entirely. And I think there's um, you know, we're here to try to solve that for you so mm-hmm. you don't do it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, and 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 it's really you know it can be heartbreaking, um, and particularly I, I think the thing that we often hear come out in in some of that angst and and, and frustration is the agent didn't or the agent did mm. this, and often it's the disconnect between. The understanding of how the agent is going to be doing these things and what needs to be done when, and how the buyer has handled themselves in the process that may be more of the problem than the agent themselves. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget the ultimate person that makes a decision in this process is the seller mm. of the property. <laughs> so
1: that's, yeah. And understanding where all those people fit in the equation and the differences in different market conditions as well. Like, mm. you know, there's times when the buyer has more power than the seller and there's yes. times when the seller has more power than the, the the buyer. But in all cases, the agent has more information than everyone.
0: Mm. Yeah, they really are brokering that that um that information flow between the buyer and the seller.
1: Yeah. So let's run through we, we said there's four the pay system is four phases. That's preparation, action, commitment, and execution. And within those four phases, we have so I say faces, phases. We have 10 <laughs> steps, right? And in the course, I'm the one that's had
0: COVID and have fog brain, Veronica. I know. Poor on me.
1: You're firing. <laughs> so far, no. I'm dodging dodging bullets left, right, and center, I tell you. Um, let's run through those 10 steps one by one. So in the in the uh where do, no, no, now I'm going to In pain. the preparation phase in, of your, your first home buy guide? No, what I was going to say is in your first home buy guide, which is the course. Well, this is this podcast, of course, but it's also the course that you can buy, right? And it will teach you step-by-step step through all of this stuff, right? It's really critical, important stuff. But what we want to do is give you a summary here of that order of events so that you can get a sense of the wholeness of the whole picture here. So let's kick it off. The pace part is, starts with number one, Megan's
0: Preparation. <laughs> And look, I I think the key thing about this episode, Veronica, is if we can catch a couple of people before they make the mistakes – that they can't get out of or can have detrimental impact mm-hmm. on them both financially or emotionally. If we can catch you at this point and redirect you and get you on the right track, then the whole process will become a lot quicker, a lot oh, easier, yeah. a lot more clearer and you'll be in a lot more control. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what we really want to get across in this episode today. So the first thing you need to do is in the preparation phase is get your support crew around you, the experts in their fields who are going to help and guide you through the different parts of the process. And we're talking about, you know, where, where does this whole purchase fit in your big financial plan? So talking to a financial advisor, um, also having them lined up. Once you purchase, you've got to have the right insurances in place because you don't want to end up with a mortgage that you can't pay if you lose a job for uh, through injury or so forth. Getting your finance sorted, Veronica. We talked about this. If we if you don't have your finance sorted, you don't know how much you can afford to even start looking at properties or work out where you're going to buy or what you're going to going to buy. And online calculators, we just we cannot stress enough that these are not thorough enough. These are not going to give you an indication of what your borrowing capacity are is. And just working out how much your deposit is isn't going to tell you that twenty. You know that's twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I can afford to borrow 80%, you know, another 80%. You you, you actually have to have someone look at your individual situation and someone who understands bank lending policies in the current market um, so that they're assessing you, you know, they'll be assessing you against current policies.
1: So the support crew and the importance of getting them lined up at the beginning of the process is getting the advice early so that you Mm. can actually start, you know, getting things in place early. A lot of people don't get a mortgage broker on board until they've actually saved up what they think is the deposit that they need. And so there is advice around how much they need. There's advice around structuring the loans. There's advice around a whole bunch of stuff that a good mortgage broker engaged early on, you know, will help you set that up. Even even knowing who you're going to use as a lawyer or conveyancer, knowing who you're going to use as building inspector, knowing who, just having all that stuff lined up and starting to just sort of, get your, you know, get gird your loins, if you like, with the right advisors And asking outset. questions. Yeah.
0: Asking questions before you enter into the process. Solicitor, Absolutely. When should I come to you to mm. talk to you if I found a property that I'm interested in? Um, you know, what sort of advice will you be able to give me? Will it cost me more to have a contract um, yeah. reviewed before I make an offer or yes. is it part of your fixed fees? These are all really good questions. And, of course, we cover all of this in the course material. And the, the um, point,
1: though, the important point is that good practitioners in these areas who are experts in their field, they they will be happy to provide the answers to your questions. Mm. Right now, you're not going to chew up heaps of their time because these are just simple questions to ask, but to get you set up well, anyone who refuses to engage with you, then just that's a great red flag. Go and find someone who will actually help you and guide you because you don't know what you're doing. Yes. But they do, but they they also, but you
0: also know the question, need to know the questions to ask them.
1: So So I'll give give you a quick example at the moment. Like I literally just spoke with a 1st home buyer today who is originally from overseas, right? And has also listened to the Elephant Room podcast. And so um, she's, you know, her and her partner, they're potentially going to move overseas at some point. So there's some tax considerations there. So if anyone's thinking about ever buying a property that is going to become an investment property down the track, it's really important to talk to an accountant before you do anything, just to make sure you're not making assumptions that actually will shoot you in the foot down the track. And so she's actually getting, you know, t- specific advice for ex- expats, you know, in- in anticipating that that may be her at some point, and also getting, you know, talking to a broker and getting all of that information lined up before she's even ready to start looking for a property. And that's the classic example of where the support crew and why it's number one. Mm. Number two is money, right? That mm. is the money step. And that is really around understanding exactly how much money you're going to need, how long it might take you just to get there. And it's more than just a deposit. It's all the other things you need money for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, there's purchasing costs, there's... Transfer fees. There's um, inspectors. There's solicitors. There's there's a whole lot of additional funds in addition to the money that you're saving to, to put towards the purchase. And, and understanding that, um, and understanding how it impacts how much you can actually spend on the property. This is where it really sort of starts to come together. And understand the impact of things like credit card limits. You know, it's mm-hmm. not how much you owe on a credit card that a bank assesses. It's it's the limit on those credit cards and and every $10,000 credit card that you've got impacts your borrowing capacity significantly. Uh, so getting a little bit financially fit is really important. This is part of the money part of the process is, is understanding where you need to tweak things, how mm. long it will take for you to get that right, and, and also making sure that you are financially fit from the bank's perspective from uh, for, for, for um, lending, for their lending policies, but also for your ongoing personal well-being that you're not going to get yourself so far in over your head that life ceases to exist as soon as you buy a property.
1: It's also where you're going to get your money from. You know, are parents going to help you out? Or are you going to look at government incentives? And so you you need to understand the pros and cons. Of all aspects of this because, you know, free money is not always such a great idea, but <laughs> why? You know, so that's what that's what you've got to understand. Mm-hmm. Third in the preparation phase, so this is our third module, our third step is the plan. This is, this is really good and a lot of people forget to
0: do this. They mm-hmm. kind of think in their head, hmm, I'd really like to live in Bondi in a house. Uh, I'll go and have a look at some houses in Bondi. Now, that might be great, but the the planning side of things is working out where to buy using the three P's, the position, the property, and the price, and getting the compromises amongst those three things right for your situation uh, to get the best outcome when you actually start putting in all the effort to go and look at and evaluate and research and, and negotiate on properties.
1: Now, the where to buy workshop is a, a small taster of this, and it's a small part of this um, this step, really. Mm. And you know, but there's beyond that, you have got to look to the future as well, because this, you know, your first property is hopefully your first rung on the property ladder. Hopefully, it's going to actually do its job of ever lifting you up into you know future financial security as well. There's a lot to lot to, lot for it to achieve, and if you do it well, it will it will help you achieve all of those things. So that that's where the plan is so. Critical. And then we can drum roll because you've prepared and then you can kick into action.
0: For action. Uh This is what a lot of people love, Ronic. This is the part that the property tragics just love. This is where they usually start.
1: Hate it. People (laughs) often start at step four. Do (laughs) Do
0: you remember we had a student who, after completing the course, came back to us and said, I now realize that I did uh, four. (laughs) the so 473 four, like yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just, eight, just one, one,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> step 4 he was straight out there inspecting <laughs> exactly step 4 is the the you know the the sexy one which is searching And inspecting, oh, I'm going to get out there looking at property, yay.
0: Working out how to find things online, working out how to find things offline, working out how to find pre-markets and off-markets and all of those sorts of things that buyers, agents access on a day-to-day basis. But also how to prepare for um, inspections, what information to gather on the phone and at the desk and so forth, and and then how to inspect the property. And it's not just as... It's not just as straightforward as walking in the door, having a look around and seeing if you like the decor, knocking on a few walls. Now, why do people knock on doors for uh, walk on, knock on walls for They
1: want to they want to hear whether there's termite refuse trickling. But that's not why most
0: people knock on walls. They <laughs> don't know why they're they, knocking they, on walls. They knock
1: on a wall because they well, I don't know. I've seen so, I've seen someone as an expert do it. Must <laughs> There must be a reason for it. I I knock on walls. I tell you why I knock on walls. I knock on walls to see if it's brick or stud wall. That's important. There you go. Uh, But... There's,
0: it, Run your are. fingernails down a wall, and you might get an indication whether it's fibro or asbestos. Ooh, don't do that. You don't.
1: If <laughs> you think it's asbestos, heaps, don't of it. heaps of tips. Heaps of tips. Heaps of tips. So there, but there's ways of you know, there's things to look for. There's glaring, glaring warning signs that you can actually avoid. There's 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 a process you need to go through. You know, mm. searching is a process, right? And inspecting is a process, and and not getting glazed. You know, the old starry eyed over. Beautiful styling. Lipstick on a pig, you know, Mm, not mm. falling for that stuff. Number five, though, so once you've been out, you're prepared, right, and you've been out searching and inspecting and you're actually gathering a lot of knowledge this way, right, then number five is the best and probably the most surprising step.
0: Yeah, well, you need to revise and correct Mm -hmm. because... If things aren't going the way that you'd hope they'd go, and you're really not finding anything that you like in your budget, in the position that you want, and the property type that you want, then it's time to sit down and do a little bit of navel gazing because we need to review previous decisions once we know more. Mm. And this is the right time to do it because you've, you've, you've got your support crew, you've got your money organised, you've got your plan. And a plan is an ever-evolving thing, and a growing, um, and, and something that changes as you learn more information. So, the revise and correct, particularly if you're searching as a couple or or a partnership looking to purchase together, um, you may actually find that as you've gone through a process like this, you've developed different expectations or different have different assumptions or have different compromises than when you started the process, and yeah. that's na- that's a natural journey. That's quite
1: common. Not only that, it's the bit about by then you actually are starting to know what you don't know. Mm. And when your eyes are opened, you're going to make better decisions than what you did, would have before when you didn't know what you don't know. And we've mm. had so many of our students say that, haven't they, Megan? They got to this yep. point and they went, Oh my God, I could see mm. now like where that. I was heading and it wasn't really going to serve me. And now mm. I'm stopping and I'm going back and I'm just going to retrace some steps and I'm going to make sure that I get, I point in the right direction rather than going up the slightly wrong mountain. Or for going a
0: long time, i looking end. for a needle in a haystack
1: yeah. or to the edge of a glacier <laughs> and I'm going to fall off. So, <laughs> so many allergies. Um, so, revising <laughs> and correcting is really critical to getting it right. And so this is not all just like, that's it, help, you know, hell for leather. We're just going, this is my plan, I'm going to stick to it.
0: Mm, no, yeah. this is where you step back and, and say to yourself, is this the right plan? Or do I need to adjust and revise? Yeah. Um, so it's a really important one, and and one that not many people do, or they kind of do it by accident. So important to have it as part of a structured process. Yeah. Next, we go into the commitment phase, Veronica, and and the the big thing that we want people to understand, and we mentioned it earlier, mm. is the different methods of sale. Yeah. So important that people understand, you know, there's two main kind of methods of sale, either a public auction or a private treaty. So understanding how those processes go and what that means to you as a buyer so that you are well armed and and have the knowledge that you need um, when you go to the next step or even through the process of evaluating a property. Um, Mm. You know, an auction often has a date that you have to get things done by. They can actually sell beforehand. Yeah. So really important to understand the different methods of sale, what you need to do, when you need to do things, um, and how they need to be done so that you don't end up in a position where you've either bought something that you can't get out of up and you find something wrong with it down the track and or you miss out because you didn't take
1: auction. Action. Action. <laughs> Action. Auction. Or auction. Um- But also that methods of sale, I talk about auction. I mean, basically, a lot of people will avoid auctions because they're scared of them. And it's like, well, that's Mm -hmm. crazy because if if that's a dominant method of sale in the area in which you're looking, you're going to cut your opportunities down quite substantially. But if auction is an unusual method of sale in your area, um, you still don't want to... uh, Um, eliminate those properties because they might be the best ones, you know. So understanding what's involved in different methods of sale is going to be really critical so you don't just, you know, inadvertently miss out on the right property for you. But also cooling off periods because they, they, you know, every state and territory offers a mm. cooling off period for private treaty. But you know, under what circumstances would you waive it? How long is it? What, what are you? What are the expectations of you to, you know, to fulfill within that time? What are the mm. penalties? All of that stuff is really important thing to understand because people, you know, agents will often, you know, say, oh, you can sign a contract. Don't worry, you got a cooling off period. What does that mean? You know, and 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 you need to know what that means because it's not always that simple. Mm. And there can be costs involved
0: if you do terminate under a cooling off period. So methods of sale, the first part of the commitment is to understand the process under which the property is being sold and how you need to act as a buyer within that process. Then once you've identified the property, it's looking good, you like it, how do you evaluate it? Mm. How do you find out all about it? How do you understand What research do you need to do? Where can you gather information that's reliable? Um, Who can you talk to? What do you do with the information when you get it? How do you work out what to pay for it? Uh, And getting all of this information right and then being able to analyse it in the context of what your plan is and what you want from the property, um, that's what this
1: uh, step is all about. How interesting I found when we were doing our research for the course because we had to look at the... um, the due diligence that is required in every state and jurisdiction in this country, it's different, right? And that's the reason it's different is because each jurisdiction has different vendor disclosure. And that mm. means that um, vendors in New South Wales have to give you more information than they do in Queensland. But with apartments, the vendor in Queensland has to give you more information than the one in New South Wales. And so knowing that, knowing what that you are obliged to be given by the agent, and the owner versus what you have to look up yourself. And so a lot of buyers, they just assume that the agents have to disclose everything that's of interest or or that Mm. that would impact their purchasing decision, but it's not the case. It's buyer beware to varying degrees everywhere in this country. So Mm. you have to know what you need to know that might change your mind. And so where to get it from. Yeah. And in this evaluation process, we would take you through Everything that you need. Now we have actually done some some episodes on this. We've done some episodes on strategy diligence, and we've also done episodes on um, the due diligence for house. And so go back because I can't think off the top of my head what those episodes are. But but go back and have a listen to them. But re- really, truly, really, to get it A to, to Z in terms of what you need A to Z. I'm not American. Um, do the course, right? Number Eight, Step Eight. I think, moving- I think let's just go back to that for one minute
0: because I don't know how many times I've had buyers after they've purchased and they've found something out, say the agent didn't tell me. Oh, that. yeah. It's not the agent's responsibility to tell you. It's your responsibility to ask.
1: Yeah, but if you don't <laughs> know what you don't know, you don't <laughs> it's, know it's what to be ask. old <laughs> moment. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's awful isn't it you think about it it's like oh yeah anyway we 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 have gone on we've waxed on lyrical about that enough but this this is so important you've got to take responsibility for mm-hmm. your own due diligence and but in order to do so you need to know what you need to know so that's know what this is all about and, and-
0: uh, and often, you know, sometimes we say if someone tells you something about a property, consider it a rumour, then go out and find <laughs> the source information that verifies the rumour. <laughs> so whether the agent tells you or the neighbour tells you or someone else who bought a property told you something, consider it a rumour and then go and verify it. So we, it's it's very much about knowing how to verify information and then how it impacts you or doesn't impact you because just because you know something, it may not have an impact on you,
1: but you, you need to know it. You don't want to surprise after the fact. Remember when we interviewed Dr. Nicole Johnson around strategy diligence mm. and and we were talking about various different states and, and the different information that has to be given to you by the owner? And down in Victoria, there is a, oh, what's it called? It's this part of the Section 32, which is the vendor statement to the buyers. In that is the um, body corporate records. I can't remember the exact title of the report, and she just said, you, you have to, as a buyer, you have to verify that information. Mm. You have to. You know, even though it's a statement that is given as part of the legislation, you still have to verify it. Mm. So, this is really important because so many, and even in New South Wales, for instance, people order a strata report and they would just assume that that's fine. They tick the box because they've done it. They've got to mm. understand what's in it. So, this is really super important stuff.
0: Lots and lots and lots of good tips in there. Uh, moving on then to mm, execution. execution. Mm. <laughs> Uh, execution and that this is this is not the, the negative execution. Not that it's type of your head off execution. This is <laughs> this is where you really need to understand contracts. And we don't, by any stretch of the imagination, suggest that you need to be a contract lawyer or understand contracts to that level. That's why you have a solicitor as or conveyancer as part of your support team. Remember, you found them in lesson one. Um, this is really understanding what it is that you need to read through what questions you then need to or information you need to provide to a lawyer because remember a lawyer a solicitor a conveyancer, so they haven't seen the property you've seen it so you want to make sure mm. that you you know what information to give them and what questions to ask them to then get them to ask you more questions is really important also um, conditions
1: yeah this is well this we we've I'm just sort of trying to clarify step 8 is contract um contract. Mm. but the thing is that um, I missed that bit, didn't I? You, you didn't say Both step eight, again. but you did say contract. So I just went step eight, right? <laughs> but the step thing eight is, is the contract. We, we say it was COVID, COVID brain. Um, the thing is, and this is where getting the right advisor at the beginning. Remember, your support crew is step one. You're getting a property specialist lawyer or an or an experienced conveyancer, not a cut price conveyancer. This is where they're worth their weight in gold mm. because they'll point out all these stuff, all these pitfalls before you commit. And that's you know, even though we've got commitment, is that's when you really start moving forward with purpose, right? Actually, committing to the sale is a different type of commitment. So, mm. um, before you sign on the dotted line, this all of these things like the conditions that you were just about to talk about there, Megan so important that you understand and someone explains them to you.
0: Yeah, and why they're important. Mm. Because some conditions aren't going to be relevant to you and all they'll do is frustrate the, the seller and in a really hot, fast-moving market, you may miss out on a property if you put the, too many onerous conditions on a contract. Mm. Now, we're talking about private treaty conditions here that are in allowed in some states on, on contracts and, and, and not in others. So, again, it is state- State specific in this one, but conditions that would protect you as a buyer are often onerous for sellers. So you need to be careful about protecting yourself, but not making it too difficult for sellers to accept your offer depending on market conditions. Um, It's been
1: commercial about it, but mm, with the right advice, you can make commercial decisions and also understand what's binding and what's not binding. That's critical as well. You know, people mm. say, Oh, I've made an offer, you know, and it's like, (laughs) unless it's binding, you know, anyone else can make an offer.
0: That's a really good point, Veronica, because binding versus non-binding, a verbal offer is never an accepted offer. Even if it's been verbally accepted, you can still be, you know, in New South Wales it's called Mm. gazumped where where someone else can come along and make another offer. In Queensland, nothing is binding unless both parties have signed the contract Um, and in New South Wales, Binding only once it's
1: exchanged. Exchanged, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, and
1: New South Wales is really so- the only place. I mean, that term is used sometimes in Victoria, but really the exchange system is is really, um, you know, unique to New South Wales. Relatively unique. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's understanding that. You know, I know when I was filming the show, you know, we're doing location, 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 Australia, and, and I was uh, honestly I felt out of depth in, in different states because I have to Brush up and go. Well, God, what's binding here? You know, I don't want the you know the people that we're buying for to be left exposed. And and mm. so it is. It's something to be. You know, as I said, even I can be quite worried about it because I'm aware of the dangers. And so it's uh, it's getting that all right. Mm. Um, step nine is this is the juicy bit, and this is a bit where people often get way out of whack. They will say this. They will make an offer. So step nine is negotiating. Or bidding right they will make an offer way before they've got all the other stuff done and then then they can't understand why they get gazumped or why nobody answered them or why they ended up get, getting um, lured into paying way too much or yeah. <laughs> you know there's just so many traps. But if you make an offer before you're ready before the time is right that cost to you could be huge.
0: Mm, yeah or if you get your opening offer wrong, You'll either not engage the seller in the negotiation and you've just done yourself out of an opportunity. If you're Mm. too low, if you're lowball, you you can offend. Uh, Or if you're too high, you haven't got any opportunity to go backwards. So you've actually got to get the entry point of the negotiation pretty smack on
1: for the market conditions. You do. But you've also, before you start negotiating, you know, you've done all the eight steps up to this point where step nine, you've part of this step is to set your limit. And there's a process to that too. You know, learning these processes will make your life simpler. It might sound like, oh, my God, you guys are so boring. Everything has to be in the right order. But I'm telling yeah. you right now, boring <laughs> is good when it comes to a lot of money and property.
0: <laughs> how many times do you hear people say, you know, oh, look, I offered X. And you say, well, how did
1: you arrive at that figure? Well,
0: you know, it just it, I reckon that's just what it's
1: worth or they get they've been looking for so long and they miss <laughs> out on so many they go I don't care it's just my budget it's like so, i'll pay everything i can throw that? at it yeah, yeah. so don't yeah. give up and give in and but this is where the rules of engagement are so important too we talked about it at the very beginning of this this episode that understanding the agent's way of working understanding what's involved mm. what their process is because how do they deal with offers? How do they want your offer submitted? All of those things is really important. So stepping out that and the various different types of uh, ways in which agents can engage or will require engagement. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to be going, oh God, is that normal? I don't know. And so that's what we, we do teach you through that, but you do have to understand those different ways and not, and knowing that not every agent is the same. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then there's auction bidding. You know,
0: this is, this is a skill in and of itself, and, and Veronica, you've written a book on this, <laughs> uh, literally, that our students get as part, part of the course. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's making sure that you set your limit before you are put into the emotional vice that is an yes. auction scenario and really be on the same page if there's two of you, really be on the same page about that. Um, but realistic about what your limit should be. Uh, And and that is so vitally important to get right before the agent comes up to you in the middle of an auction and says, how about you just put another five in? How about another 10? How about another 50? Uh, Because once that emotional pressure comes on you, you can start second guessing yourself if Mm. you haven't pressure tested yourself before you go to the auction. so vitally, vitally, vitally important to, to have that. Done and dusted before you walk out on the battlefield at an auction, and
1: the right process to help you get there. Because sometimes people go in with too little a limit and they stick to it, and it's like they didn't have hope in hell, and they could have <laughs> and should have paid more, but yeah. they didn't go in there with the right limit set. So it can go both ways: you can overpay, you can un you can underpay and miss out. Mm-hmm. Finally, yep. step ten. Woo-hoo-hoo. Woo-hoo. This is when you've the actually settlement. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> now, this isn't
0: just something that happens. There, there is a process, and you have an involvement in the settlement process and it's and it's everything that is leading up to after the contracts come together, leading up to things that you've got to do. you've got to pay certain things, you've got to sign certain things in most on on most contracts time is of the essence, so you have to meet contract dates um within the specified time. Well, interestingly
1: enough, Queensland's pretty bloody draconian around that. so there mm. was there was a story um recent times of a young couple that the Bank stuffed up. They mm-hmm. missed their settlement date, and their vendors decided, "Oh, goody! I'm going to keep your deposit and sell to somebody else for more money." Now, I did in other states. So definitely in Victoria. Sorry, in New South Wales. You've I'm going to pick up on that in a
0: minute, Veronica, because yeah. there is a
1: change coming up around that. Oh, that's good. I think there should be mm. a change because we've got a 14-day notice to complete in New South Wales. So there's a, a bit of a safety net there. There's still penalties involved, but mm-hmm. it's better than losing everything and losing the property. So I thought that was a particularly horrible. But understanding that and, once again, good legal, good legal advice in that settlement period, mm. um, knowing when to insure the property because that's different mm. state by state too. And
0: personal insurances as well.
1: So many things to think about, and booking, planning the move,
0: turning on the electricity, (laughs) making sure you've got gas, (laughs) all of that stuff. All All of that that stuff is important. So that's part. I just want to. I just want to backtrack to to something you mentioned then, because this is a brand new change. We are sitting at the nineteenth of January, twenty twenty two. On the twentieth of January, a new contract will be released by the REIQ, which is also. done in conjunction with queensland law society and there is going to be a provision in there for an extension um, a five-day extension of settlement if own and only if the the reason that settlement can't be completed is a result of either financial institution so mm-hmm. um, it's not a request that can be granted it is it is a given if you request that uh, by 4, 4 p.m on before 4 p.m on settlement day if you you um, Put that uh, notification through that you can't settle. The other party must uh, give you. Well, they don't. They don't get the choice. It, it just happens. Mm. Uh, gives you five business day extensions. So the contracts to allow for the current conditions are going to incorporate that. So some of those really, really terrible scenarios that we've heard about, where banks aren't ready to settle and and vendors haven't agreed to an extension, that's actually going to be eliminated from the
1: 20th um, with the RAQ contracts. And that's a fantastic move. I think that that's mm. just a horror- horrific. And it's, you know, and I, I know that particular banking question, they did sort of apparently, you know, pay compensation and all the rest of it, but, you know, the heartache and mm. um, also in a rising market, you know, that idea of being left out stranded. So that's something that's you know, even if they'd done our course, that couldn't actually have protected them because that is actually the situation, that was the situation, I can say, in mm. Queensland. Mm. But but understanding, once again, though, understanding the importance of getting um, your money ready, you know, in, in and your obligations in that settlement time, very, very important things to, to know. And so... Mm. That there you have it that is the 10 steps to getting in the right order in the right <laughs> order getting your property purchase right um yeah and and hopefully you're convinced now of why the process matters
0: the process absolutely does and it stops you making Sometimes, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of mistakes. But potentially if you buy the wrong property and have paid the wrong price, it could actually be hundreds of thousands of mm. hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of mistakes. Yeah. So let's uh let's use the collective knowledge that we've got, Veronica, to stop people making the mistakes. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for 1st home buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will
1: help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.